thank you all for being back with us tonight uh, for this uh, period of worship and study. And I know we still have some uh, visitors with us, family in, for the holidays. And we're thankful that you are here and hope you have a wonderful Christmas spent with your family. Uh, tonight, you, pr- you may have seen in the bulletin, for those of you who uh, look at the bulletin, that tonight's um, title for the lesson is, Santa is great and all, but Jesus is better. And it said in the bulletin that this was going to be a discussion, but uh, I've decided I'm going to do all the talking. And uh, <laughs> for most of you, that is good news. You're happy to hear that. You have no problem with that whatsoever. Some of this material that I want to share with you tonight is uh, inspired by, and some of it's borrowed from, a video that I showed uh, the youth group several years ago, uh, just a short little video called Jesus and Santa. And some of you may remember it, people like Courtney Carolyn Lusk, who has a fantastic memory, and Hannah Simmons, and maybe Huston Heatherly, and maybe Stephanie Pate Wiseman over here, and a few back Back in my days as the youth minister, I showed this video. Uh, Very thought-provoking video. And uh, this has kind of spawned the thoughts for tonight. And let me just go ahead and say on the front end, we're going to have a little bit of fun tonight. I hope that's okay. And uh, some of what I'm going to share is certainly tongue-in-cheek. But, of course, with some important lessons uh, to go along as well. So, play along with me. Uh, The title, as I said, is Santa is great and all, but Jesus is better. I just want you to know, I don't have any hard feelings towards the big guy. Uh, For the record, I love Santa. And, you know, I don't want to be too hard on him just two days before his arrival because I want to make sure that I remain on the nice list. So I I don't want to beat up the big guy a little too much. I love Santa. He's been good to me through the years. He's given me a lot of fun gifts. I think about uh, many of the toys that I received growing up. I remember a Christmas morning when there was a huge package in uh, our basement, and we had no idea what it was. And uh, I was impressed that he and the elves were able to wrap a package this big, and we tore into it, and it was a a trampoline. And that trampoline uh, brought us many years of joy in the backyard and only a few injuries Uh, But we took that trampoline out that day. It was a very cold Christmas day, and uh, my dad's hands were numb by by the time he had finished putting it together. We went out on Christmas Day and jumped on that trampoline, thanks to Santa. Santa has uh, taken some really hilarious pictures with my kids that we proudly display year after year. They're screaming. They're crying. It's hilarious to go back and look at them. Uh, They've warmed up to uh, the big guy over the years, but there were a few years when you know there was a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth in Santa's lap, and we have those moments forever memorialized, and we like to pull those out and set them up. And you know, as we think about, a lot of people think about Santa this time of year, of course, but a lot of people also think about Jesus. And it seems to me that Santa and Jesus share some traits in common. Uh, We think of them both as having beards. We don't know in Jesus' case whether he did or not, but he likely did because many in his culture did. Santa most certainly has a beard. I know this from the movie called The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. 
when uh, Tim Allen is selected to be the next Santa Claus because the first has disappeared. Uh, and his body begins to change and he starts to you know, get a bit of a gut because Santa's got to have that, that big round belly that shakes when he laughs like a bowl full of jelly. And so he starts putting on the pounds and he starts growing facial hair. And as soon as he you know, tries to shave it off, it grows right back. So I know Santa has a beard. Jesus probably had a beard. They both love children. Santa spends the whole year working on toys to bring to all the good girls and boys the world over. And we know that Jesus loves children from places like Matthew chapter 19, verse 14, when people were bringing their kids to Jesus so that he would bless them and pray for them. But his disciples said, no, Jesus doesn't have time for your little ones. Uh, do not hinder his work. You know, don't distract him with those kids. And Jesus said, don't hinder them from coming to me. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. So let the little children come to me. Jesus famously says in Matthew nineteen fourteen. Both Santa and Jesus have several titles. In Santa's case, Father Christmas, Saint Nicholas, or for short, Saint Nick, or jolly old Saint Nicholas, Chris Kringle, in Jesus' case, we could be here all night listing all of the titles or the nicknames that are ascribed to Jesus in the New Testament. Prince of Peace, one that I mentioned this morning, Bright and Morning Star, the Alpha and the Omega, Emmanuel. Both Jesus and Santa seem to know everybody's name. Santa, of course, has his list. And you want to be not on the naughty side, but the nice side. Jesus, the Lamb's book of life, according to Revelation chapter 21, verse 27. And they both seem to know everything about us. They have information on us. Here's the last one, the last uh, common trait. They're both very generous. Both very generous. Both love to give gifts. And we seem to have wish lists for both of them. We write up a wish list for Santa. Sometimes we put a letter in the mail to Santa telling him all the things, all the stuff that we want for Christmas. And oftentimes our prayers resemble wish lists. And that's not always a good thing. Especially when we neglect to praise and to thank God and to confess our sins to God. If our prayers are just glorified wish lists, but often that is the case. So it seems to me that Jesus and Santa have some things in common, but of course there are some differences as well. Jesus, I don't believe, was known for wearing red velvet and fur. And uh, Santa, I doubt, has ever worn a pair of sandals uh, in his home at the North Pole. Jesus never, according to the Gospel accounts, never came into anyone's home through a chimney. Uh, though a lame man once came down through the roof to him. And I want us now to focus on some more differences, uh, some weightier differences, not these trivial differences that we've mentioned. And the following, what I want to share, these are what, in my opinion, make Jesus better than Santa any day. These are the differences that, that really... Uh, remind us that Jesus is way better than Santa Claus. First of all, whereas Santa visits only once a year, 
Jesus is with us all the year long. And He's with us throughout our lives as His followers. Yeah, I know that Santa sees you when you're sleeping and He knows when you're awake. Yeah, Santa may be watching, but Jesus is with us and there is a difference. I want you to grab your Bible. Let's look at some passages of Scripture together. Let's read and consider and reflect on some passages uh, as we spend some time together tonight. We're going to start in John chapter 14, verse 23. When Jesus promises His presence through the coming of the Holy Spirit. John 14, verse 23. Look at these verses with me. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we, Father and Son, and as we are about to find out, Spirit, will come to him and make our home with him. We will dwell with him. Those who are faithful, those who are followers of Jesus Christ, we will abide with you. Skip down to verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. In the flesh, Jesus means. But the Helper, capital H, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So I will be with you in the form of my Spirit. And that ought to bring you an incredible level of peace. A peace that passes understanding. Um, And so don't be afraid and let let not your hearts be troubled. For my presence goes with you. He says it even more clearly if you back up to verses 16 in 17 of the same chapter. chapter, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you, not for a temporary time, not for a brief period of time, but forever. Chapter 4, verse 16. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, you know Him, for He dwells with you and He will be in you. So the Spirit is not just for everybody. It is a gift to believers, to those who know God. A way of God saying, I am with you. Paul in Galatians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 calls the Holy Spirit. Let's see what Paul calls the Holy Spirit. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. So the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of His Son, Jesus Christ, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. You are a child of God. And if a son, then an heir through God. And so I am thankful that Santa comes to see us once a year. And I'm thankful for the joy that he brings and the gifts that he provides. But that doesn't hold a candle to Jesus Christ. And the fact that He is present with His Spirit with us all year long and all throughout our lives. Here's the second big difference that makes Jesus way better than Santa. Whereas Santa's gifts wear out, Jesus' gifts last forever. I've enjoyed a lot of gifts from Santa. But you know, many of those are now somewhere in a landfill. 
Uh, and many of those I have long forgotten. But Jesus' gifts satisfy forever. They never wear out. They last. And we as Christians, as God's people, we are concerned with acquiring not earthly treasure, not material goods, but spiritual treasure. And Jesus reminds us of that in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. You can go there with me next. Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 19, where Jesus famously said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Why? Well, on earth, moth and rust destroy, thieves can break in and steal, your goods do not last, Uh, they can be stolen from you, they deteriorate. But, verse 20, instead, here's how you ought to think, here's how you ought to live. Instead, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves Do not break in and steal. Imperishable gifts. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so Jesus' gifts, the gifts of forgiveness and life and salvation and peace and love, that's the good stuff. That's the stuff that we should long after. That is the stuff that will stand the test of time that will endure into eternity, that will last. In a couple days, you'll get some stuff, some of you, and you'll be thankful for that stuff, but you can't take any of that with you when you go. And that stuff will be susceptible to a thief breaking in and stealing, and that stuff will will wear out and it'll quit on you and you'll have to replace it. There is stuff, gifts from Jesus Christ that will last Forever. And that's what makes Jesus so much better than Santa. A couple more for you tonight. Whereas Santa only brings gifts to nice kids, Jesus died for us while we were still naughty. I want you to look now with me in Romans chapter 5. We're going to look here from verses 6 through 10. Romans 5 verses 6 through 10. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Before we could prove our worth to Him, before we could demonstrate our strength before Him, He sent His Son to die for us in our sinfulness, in our weakness. Verse 7. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows His love for us in that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. This is one of Paul's favorite constructions here. If this is true, then how much more is this true? We've been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him. From the wrath of God. Verse 10. For if we were enemies, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Our kids all hope that Santa is grading on a curve uh, and that he's going to not be real strict 
and that he's going to put out of his mind how they treated you know, their brother or sister last week or um, how they got a little too worked up over this issue or that. They're going to hope that Santa's not going to knock them off the nice list for a little infraction here and there, but Jesus came for us because none of us can ever be nice enough in order to deserve the greatest gift of all. He gives us what we could never deserve. And the moment that we start feeling like we deserve His goodness, like we have deserved His grace, that's the moment we've lost our understanding of grace. Certainly we live in a way, in an obedient way, that shows God that we are grateful for the gift of His Son. Certainly we try to live in a way that is worthy of the grace that we have received, but never, never do we get to a point where we deserve that. And when we begin to feel like, you know what, I do deserve that. God was right to bestow His bountiful blessings on me, His goodness and His grace. The moment that we start thinking that, we need to repent. We need to repent and confess to God that we need our hearts softened again to His goodness. That's why Jesus is better than Santa. Santa just brings gifts to the nice kids, but Jesus died for us while we were still naughty. He's willing to bless us with eternal life, though we will never be nice enough. All right, here's the last one that I want to share with you. Whereas Santa is concerned with giving me what I want, Jesus is concerned with giving me what I need. Santa is all about me. And all the stuff and all the goodies that I want from Him. But Jesus is not primarily concerned with giving me what I want, with making me happy. Jesus knows what I need, what I desperately need. Look with me in uh, Romans chapter 3, starting at verse 21. Romans 3, 21. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. So in other words, Paul is saying, God is doing something new. And you no longer relate to God on the basis of the law. It's no longer about your ability to adhere to, to all of the uh, restrictions and the rules of the Old Testament law. That is passing away. The old way is passing away. And here's the new way that's coming in, verse 22. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. That's how it works now. Uh, you are made right through your obedient faith in Jesus Christ. You are bestowed righteousness through faith, not through adherence to the Old Testament law. For there is no distinction. So Paul is saying what God is doing through Jesus Christ, it is the great leveler. It levels the playing field. Both Jews and Gentiles Everybody has sinned, verse 23, and has fallen short of the glory of God. We are all in the same boat. We are all sinners. Jews and Gentiles, people of you know, the historic nation of God from the Old Testament, and people outside, pagans, heathens, the ungodly. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And if you look elsewhere in Romans, we are all deserving of death and destruction. But... We are justified by His grace, God's grace, as a gift through the redemption that only comes 
through Christ Jesus. He is the way in to a relationship with God. Santa is concerned with giving me all that is on my wish list, all the things that I want. Jesus is concerned with giving me something much better than that. What I need. With giving me grace and redemption and life through Him. And in time, as we grow and mature in the faith, we discover that what we desperately need which is salvation by grace, is also what we most desirously want. And it's what we most want to share with others as well. One more passage of Scripture. We're going to close out here, and then the lesson will be yours. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Starting at verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I hope Santa's good to you this year. But Jesus is even better. He has been immeasurably good to all of us. And He wants to bless your life, especially if you are not a baptized believer. If you have not confessed your faith in Him, you have the opportunity to come tonight and to be made right with God through Jesus. To have your sins washed away so that you can enter into His family, into His fold, into His kingdom, and spend forever in His presence. Or if you stand in need of prayers tonight, you can come as the sister did this morning, asking to maybe rededicate your life to God, to be restored. Or if you're struggling in any way, and we can help you by offering up a prayer on your behalf, we invite you to do that right now as we stand and sing.